We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. What's up, everybody? Finally got that cat I've been talking about, but I never had one before. Any tips? Welcome back to the Budding Heads podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Barrow here alongside Johnny Gomez as always. Johnny, I'm just realizing that I did not change the intro yet, so another week of Atlanta Falcon Todd Gurley talking about his cat. You okay with that? I mean, it is. Uh, I feel like we have to get our money's worth for that clip. Not that we really spent money, but, uh, you know, I mean, how, how many weeks have we actually used that clip? Maybe a month or four? If that, we... We waited until um, <laughs> until the end of the season to get rid of Marcus Peters, and we have to find a new clip. I got I got to find one. That's on me. I keep forgetting about it. Any anyways, it's it's day twenty one without sports. So thanks for tuning in. If this is your your sports fill, uh, a little a little April football talk, uh, discussing a season that could potentially not even happen is always the the best way to spend your time during this <laughs> but hey don't forget to, to check out rams talk radio with Derek on the feed as well and if you haven't give us a five-star review wherever you're listening apple Podcasts if you're listening there screenshot the review email to us rams talk 1945 at gmail.com you'll be entered to win a throwback rams jersey anyways uh i got a list of things to talk about johnny We'll see how newsworthy it is. Uh, I guess the big news of today is, and this is how big of a news day it's been, we found out how much Austin Bly's contract is worth. $3.9 million for one year, three point five guaranteed. So it's effectively a, a fully guaranteed contract. I, I think we predicted it would be around, I, I don't think anyone was really predicting over like $5 million. I think that's what I expected. So this is a pretty good price. I, I'm very happy with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for for what you're getting from Austin Blythe, while he may not be, you know, a, an all pro or anything far from it, but 
I, I like the fact that Austin Blythe is, is a versatile offensive lineman. You know, uh, obviously you want him more at center, in my opinion. I, f- I feel like center is the best spot for him. But if need be, he could shift over to guard. Let's hope that's not the case. But at least we know that Austin Blythe is likely the starting center. Although, for whatever reason, Sean McVay really likes Brian Allen. So, at the very least, we'll have a camp battle. I don't know, maybe. So, um, you know, bringing him back at, at that price I thought was really good. I was kind of worried since it wasn't reported that they overpaid and they were just a little embarrassed to release. But 3.9, I feel like, is is certainly worth it on both ends. And uh, here's hoping that you know, he continues to shine at center and uh, maybe he gets an extension. You never know. Would it shock me if he's back after next season? And I, I don't think he's a guy that, like, he'd have to really play well to command a, a ton of money. I, I'd, I think he'd command more than $4 million, But, hey, this, he, this feels like, I guess, the amount of money he deserves, maybe a little more. But... He's about like if if you're drawing the line for like what a starting caliber offensive lineman in the NFL today is like just that's like your starting point like a base average starter he he feels like he fits that mold he played he played well at center wasn't mind blowing uh, played well at guard last the two years ago not last year uh, again not mind blowing but very passable very fine. If the rest of the line is picking up their slack, he'll be fine. He's not the guy. He's not going to be the reason why your line sucks, I guess, is is the best way to put it. And the Rams need guys like that. So it's good to have him back. It's a position that we're not really going to have to worry about. Most likely center. You know, Johnny, I don't really want to roll into the 2020 or, or whenever we come back and play football season with – Austin Blythe and Rob Havenstein again as the right side of the line because that did not work last year. Much rather would have Blythe at center, and then we'll see what happens on on the side with with Have and if he's the starter and whoever's next to him. Not busting any footballs here, but um, I honestly think the most for the most part, I feel like the reason why. Austin Blythe struggled so much was because of Rob Havenstein. Ooh. I, I, you know, I hate to throw shade, but Havenstein was god awful. Like, I, I seriously, like, I, I had to double take a lot. I even went back to certain games uh, when, when I was noticing that Havenstein was playing so poorly. I I was actually thinking of excuses for him, and in reality, there was a lot that Havenstein didn't do well at. And I again, I'm hoping injury was part of the reason, and he comes back, you know, playing at least somewhat as good as he did in 2018. But 2019, Rob Havenstein, I think we can all agree, was just god awful, and I. I have to wonder if a lot of the poor football play on that right side of the offensive line was due to Rob Havenstein because even Austin Blythe, while he didn't look that good either, I think a lot of it had to do with Havenstein, but I could be wrong. Uh, Maybe I'm just that disappointed, but... What do you think, Steve? Am I I overreacting? It might not be a coincidence that the game Austin Blythe missed was a horrible performance by the Rams' offensive line, and the games that Rob Havenstein missed were arguably their best games of the season. I, I don't think it's a coincidence. Uh, this is the second straight week we opened the podcast talking about Rob Havenstein. So if you didn't listen last week and you want to hear like more in-depth on what we expect his role to be next year, check out last week's pod we talked about in the first couple of minutes, but... Uh, no, I, I don't think you're overblowing this at all. He was not good at all at the first couple of games. 
not that anyone in the line was, but he he was. I think he was the most glaring. Like what the fuck? Like you watch Brian Allen and Joe Nopum struggle, you're like, well, in hindsight, we should have saw this coming. You watch Havenstein and to a lesser extent, Blyde struggle, and you're like, how? Like he was he was great last year. Yeah, it, it was it was crazy and still hard to comprehend. <laughs> I, I just recall us, you know, covering Rob Havenstein last week, and I'm like, oh, geez, we did kind of – maybe we should stop picking on Havenstein. <laughs> we, <laughs> we talked about him for like 10 minutes last week. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Big news out of Rams camp. Dante Dayon is back on what I'm assuming is a one-year deal. I didn't, I didn't even look at the numbers. Uh, I mean – he he was a nice guy in the preseason. Uh, he did make the team last year, right? Like he was on the roster all year. That's that's how big of an impact signing this is. Well, to be fair, Dante Deon played well in preseason and training camp. Didn't make the roster initially. He was signed to the practice squad, right? And then from there, like in like the middle of November, he made the active roster when. Basically, the there was so many injuries in, in the at cornerback. To his credit, though, he he did pretty well against the Cardinals. Not saying much, but um, when Jalen Ramsey was out for that final game, and yeah. Basically, he saw he saw a lot of playing time, uh, or at least more than he would normally, and he did fairly well. It was the Cardinals in the last game that meant nothing, but still, he did well. Yeah, I might have to go check out the tape because honestly, I didn't watch that game. That was like the only game I missed last season. Uh, had some, <laughs> had something going on. All the backups played. It didn't. It didn't really matter. I sat that one out. No, <laughs> you, you really didn't miss much. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I'm not going to complain about having Dante Dam back. I, I did like him a little bit in the the preseason, and as as you said, which is news to me, he played well in that Cardinals game. Uh, it it is the Cardinals, but like, look, man, I Kyler Murray's a decent quarterback. They had some decent receivers. It's it, it's something. It's better than like the tape we have on Micah Kaiser. Oh, geez. <laughs> what tape? <laughs> exactly my point. This guy gets me. Uh, the so I'll move on to this. Uh, Michael Brockers was on. The Chris Long's Greenlight podcast, which which is a, is a pretty good pod if you haven't listened to it. I don't listen to it every week, but I, I did listen to his interviews with Michael Brockers and Todd Gurley that he did, obviously, when their news came up. Both both interesting stuff. I Johnny, I don't know if you saw this. I actually had a Twitter interaction with Chris Long today. Did you? I, I missed that. So I, on the pod, uh, he had like, they were talking about all the guys the Rams lost this offseason and Brockers in the pot. They were talking about Nikel Roby Coleman and Brockers was like, oh, oh yeah, he actually, uh, Roby, Roby just signed with the, the Eagles and Chris Long's like, oh, we signed him? And I'm like, what do you mean we, Chris? We're talking about a guy that went from the Rams to the Eagles. Uh, so <laughs> I, I like tweeted a joke about that and he just responded, LOL, man, it's complicated. Oh. <laughs> Which, yeah. uh, look, I I think we talked about this when we did the All-Decade podcast. Like, it, it, he never played for the Los Angeles Rams. You know, he only played for the St. Louis Rams. So, I, if he wants to associate himself with the Eagles, I don't hold anything against him. I don't, he's not like an anti-Rams guy, you know, but he didn't play for this iteration of the team. You can't you can't really expect him to just be all full blooded Rams when like he had a he had a very good run with the Eagles and he connected with the city like he connected with St. Louis but he didn't play in L.A. He doesn't have a connection to the city at all. I think you should extend an invitation to to him to see uh, if he would like to care to respond more uh, about the subject <laughs> just to kind of get his take. I mean, right now we're kind of assuming 
the reason. Maybe there's more to it. Maybe there's a little more story behind that. And uh would be kind of interesting to get that on Rams talk, uh, particularly with the uh, botting heads. So um, let's extend an offer, Steve. I He is welcome anytime. Uh, I, I love Chris Long, one of my favorite Rams. I don't got anything to say about him. I know some LA Rams fans are mad that time he chirped a bunch of fans. Look, if you're chirping a guy, if you're sit, I always like if you're sitting in the stands trying to talk shit to a player, and he claps back at you. I don't care who it is, what they said. You started it, man. Like you pay to go to a game. If you wanna, um, what's the, what's the word? Like if you wanna yell at players. If they yell back at you, don't act like like an entitled little brat and be like, eh, "This guy said something mean to me." Why are you yelling at him? You know. <laughs> it's funny because it's so true. You know, you see all these interactions. Uh, you know, some people perceive them as negative, and it's like, dude, like if this happens to you in person, you know, with with somebody with some random person, aren't you going to clap back? Are you going to sit there and take it? You know, and for a lot of these guys, they, they're very patient until they finally snap. And, you know, <laughs> at least when he does it, it's entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it'd be different if Chris Long just walked up to a Rams fan and was like, fuck the Rams. Y'all suck. Uh, <laughs> like, <and> people were <laughs> clearly yelling at, at the Eagles players and he had their back. Like, what do you... I hold nothing against the man, and he's a cool, he's a cool dude. So, no harm lost. But, anyways, no harm lost. That's not a real statement. <laughs> <laughs> it's the quarantine life is starting to get to it's you, man. Day, it's day twenty-one, guys. All right, let me live. <laughs> so, the reason we brought up this whole podcast is uh, Brockers when he was he kind of went into what happened with what what brought him back here. And obviously, it's it's a very weird. It's the weirdest free agent period ever because he said he just said he didn't even see, meet anyone from the Ravens. Uh, it's very hard to conduct physicals. Like, don't. I, it won't be the most surprising thing ever if in like three months or whatever, when things cool down and teams can actually schedule physicals, like <laughs> maybe Todd Gurley is not on the Falcons. You know, I don't think it'll happen, but. Teams aren't able to examine guys right now. They're not even able to meet them. Uh, so basically, they had uh, the numbers up. Brockers mentioned that he might have to get surgery on, or something. I think this would. I think he said he had to get surgery on something, and the Ravens weren't having it. The Rams were already in negotiations with them. They just got. They basically got one up by the Ravens, and he came home. And he wasn't. He wasn't mad about it. He's happy to be back. He said he did, he wanted to stay with the Rams, but. The reasons why he said were that he left was he had a chance to make more money and possibly get back to a Super Bowl. Uh, there were some tweets about this, Johnny. Do you think his line about, like, are you offended at all that a Rams player would say he left possibly to get back to a Super Bowl about going to another team? No, I mean, when you really think about it, who, I mean, who are we all picturing was going to be in the Super Bowl last year? It was the Ravens. It wasn't the Rams, you know, and obviously the Rams had a chance, kind of blew it, but they had a chance. But uh, the Ravens, they had obviously way better odds. And unfortunately for them, they didn't make it. But, uh, you know, this is still a very young team. They didn't really have a lot of free agents that were huge impact players. So, the few players that they lost, I feel like they didn't lose much. And they even added, you know, some major, major players and guys like uh, Kalius Campbell. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with what he said. Clearly, the Ravens are in a better position than the Rams in making the Super Bowl. And I don't think anyone can argue that. I, I don't I don't think there's any, anyone on the Rams that could argue that. They beat us um, forty-five it, it, to six morning, last but, year, so like <laughs> they're clearly uh, a little that, better than us. Fact. Yeah, yeah, that that's absolutely true. That that fact alone, forty-five to six. Oof. Yeah, he remembers that too. So, 
Uh, no, I, I don't blame him for what it all happened. And um, I, I think I think the only reason why he is a Ram at this point is because of the whole quarantine situation. It It is um, it leaves a lot of things in disarray. And right now the Ravens, they just see a veteran at this point and an older veteran that is, you know, trying to, you know, squeeze the, the better part of his years. He's not in his prime anymore, but he's still like still on the top of the hill, just slightly declining. So they want to squeeze the best years that he has remaining. Um, but obviously the investment is pretty heavy. So uh, any sort of risk that they have that they can't exactly confirm with their own physicians they're probably going to skip, and that's exactly what happened here. So Brockers, I don't think he needs surgery. Uh, again, and I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. But um, based on what he was saying, I don't think um, that's something he's going to have anytime soon. But anything can happen, and hopefully he stays healthy as the rest of the team as well. Yeah, and if you listen to the pod and if you listen to uh, Todd Gurley on this podcast as well, they both pretty much acknowledged it's business. You know, they've, they've seen it happen with other guys. And one thing to remember is this literally happened, albeit a much less weirder situation, with the Rams, with Roger Saffold a couple oh, a while back. He signed with the Raiders. He failed a physical. He re-signed with the Rams. Played his best football on that next contract. I, I do not expect michael brockers to pay play his best football on this contract but it's things like this they've gone well before and it happy to have him back man uh, <laughs> the tie the tie early pod was funny too he uh, on he's having fun on twitter today or on instagram today von it's april fools when we're recording this von miller posted a picture that he got released and todd Gurley was like I was gonna post the same thing today, but I got released two weeks ago. Uh, and then on, Damn. <laughs> on Chris Long's podcast, he they were talking about how he got released, and Chris was like, "Yeah, the Rams stole you some money, though." And Todd's like, "Yeah, you know, man, I've been checking the direct deposit every day. Uh, I have, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the money come through yet. I'm just, I'm waiting for it." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's uh I mean, hey, he has every right to to do to say that. I mean, the Rams did release him. Obviously not the most ideal situation, but happened. And hey, he wants to get paid. No no doubt about that. He he earned that money. He earned that contract even though he is not going to play a single snap on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Rams' fault, you know. That's no. That's it's not Todd Gurley's fault, you know. That it's unfortunate, but you know, unfortunately, life happens, and you know, the Rams are going in a different direction, so they still got to pay up somewhat. It's it's the contract is wild too, because like when it happened, it kind of broke the running back position. Like some some people are saying it was the right move to give him that money, and like. It wasn't. You could defend it by saying that, well, he played two insane seasons after he got that pay, that money. Uh, that might, look, that might be, be a reason why he played so well. But at the same time, man, he got $5 million more a year than any running back in the league at the time. So it was crazy money to give a running back. And, um... Actually, what am I? What am I saying? He had one good year after we paid him that money. It wasn't two. The twenty seventeen year was before the extension. It was five million dollars more than any running back had made at the time. So it kind of broke the running back scale at the time. It didn't really cause a huge ripple effect around the league for other running backs getting deals, like some people expected. The only running backs who sniffed money, annual money that high, were David Johnson and Ezekiel Elliott, and now that we saw how it played out, no running back is ever going to get that kind of money again. I, I can't imagine 
that unless Derrick Henry does what he did in the playoffs last season for 16 straight games this year, nobody's getting that kind of money. Even if that happens, the Titans might look at it and say, we just ran this guy into the ground. Are we going to pay him huge money when he might just deteriorate in a year or two? We can go get a running back in the draft to replace him for, for very cheap. It like it sucks for running backs, but that contract might have broken the NFL in a bad way. It, it's it's actually kind of sad because we see this we see this every so often with football. Um, for a while, certain positions get an increase, uh, other positions kind of decrease. What kind of reminds me, uh, kind of in the opposite way though, with the uh, offensive guard, for example, it used to be like uh, offensive guard and center really that really didn't get paid much of anything. You know, it was always the tackles, particularly left tackle, that got paid bank. But recently, because of the pass-happy league the NFL is, the guard position has increased to one of the more expensive positions on fo- in football. But to see it decrease so much for running backs, considering it's such a highly coveted position also, is kind of amazing. Uh, but as you said, you know, there's so many talented running backs out there that the demand isn't there. You can you can draft someone that's just as good and, you know, um, you maybe maybe not match, you know, an Ezekiel Elliott or a Saquon Barkley, but, you know, someone that can get the job done at a much, much cheaper cost. So that supply and demand even applies in NFL players, which is kind of amazing when you think about it. I I looked up uh, guard salaries while you were talking because Saffold got huge bucks. I thought he might have been the highest paid guy. He's nope. eighth highest, and the the Rams are paying the sixth lowest amount of money to guards currently. And I wonder if they count Austin Blythe as a guard, which could be inflating that. I Yeah, they do. So in reality, they're probably paying the second least to guards. But yeah, man, it, it sucks for running backs. You know, it's kids might not want to play running back anymore. Uh, not like like Pop Warner kids, sure, but like guys who... No guys who know that like they're gonna have a chance to go D one. They might switch to defense. They might switch to receiver. Running back is you take the biggest beating and you make the least amount of money is how that position is trending. Uh, they're they're really if you if you look at I'm gonna pull up the top paid running backs in the NFL right now. Uh, there there's five guys who make who are set to make more than. $10 million this year. One of them is on a franchise tag, and he's barely making over 10 on the franchise tag at this position. Two of them are... Well, one of them is not getting... Not playing on that contract, Todd Gurley. One of them is David Johnson, whose contract was a disaster. One of them is Le'Veon Bell, whose contract is not as much of a disaster, but it is not... It has not aged well. And one of them is Ezekiel Elliott, who is really one of the only guys in a situation that I guess it deserves that money. And he even, he underperformed a bit last year. Uh, it's definitely a bummer for running backs in general. And I get, it'll be interesting to see, man, when, when Saquon and when McCaffrey are up for extensions, how much money they make, or even Derrick Henry next year. Uh, I mean, I, but I think you look at Saquon Barkley, man, that guy is a, he's on another level. He could potentially be the best running back of his generation. Uh, I don't think that's hyperbole yet. I mean, it's not a guarantee to happen, but the guy you watch him play is insane. Uh, and he's playing in an unlucrative position. I wonder if he will get that that type of money. And if he does, I wonder if the Giants would be willing to pony it out. I don't. I honestly don't know. It's it's a weird position now. It it, it really is the. Yeah, the funny thing you mentioned, like, uh, you know, the younger generation, like the um, the Pop Warner kids and uh, even 
some of the guys entering uh, collegiate football, I I see a lot of these guys moving over to more lucrative positions like cornerback, you know, especially some of the smaller running backs, you know, the five nine guys um, that are kind of like speedsters. I can see them moving over to cornerback because they get paid and they can thank primetime for that because cornerbacks then used to get paid nothing. It wasn't until primetime showed up that, okay, maybe we should actually get paid. Um, now they're getting paid, but, that's for sure. Oh, they're getting buco bucks. And maybe this shift from running back to cornerback will you know, make the cornerback position a little cheaper in the long run. I guess we'll see in the future, but um, that's probably not going to be in the foreseeable future as of this moment. No, no. Uh, like you look at Austin Eckler, who balled out last year. He he's twenty four years old, had a hell of a year. He's get on a contract that's essentially paying him on average six million dollars a year, and he it's twenty four point five million, fifteen million guaranteed over four years. If, if that guy's not gonna gonna sniff ten. Ten million a year. I what get what gets you? He's got the he's young potential. Uh, I don't know. It's it'll be interesting to see when though when the the Barclays, the McCaffreys, when they come up like the the cream of the crop, if they will get that Ezekiel Elliott money, or if teams will look at it and be like, it's it's not gonna last. There's no there's no reason to pay this guy. It's nuts, dude. Like <laughs> four in. In 2018, the the 49ers gave Jarek McKinnon four years, thirty million. He would never get that money in in today's market. Never. Eighteen million guaranteed. My head. <laughs> Look, it wasn't a great. I didn't think it was a great signing at the time. You could probably go read that somewhere, but it's it's wild. No, no one else sniffed that he got more money than Eckler did uh, for how he performed that year before. It's crazy. Uh, anyways, let's move on to all of our pressing topics. The Bet Bet MGM came out with their betting odds for the NFC West. 49ers are the favorites at plus 115, Seahawks plus 240, Rams plus 320, and Cardinals plus 800. So the Rams are third, but it's pretty close. I feel like this this feels about right to me. Uh, I'm sure some fans will disagree that the Rams should be second or maybe even first, but I think this is pretty pretty fair to everybody involved. Oh, it is fair because the Rams finished third last season, and there there's a lot of uncertainty again this season where you know where the what the Rams are going to do especially on the defensive side of the ball which is a position that was of a strength last year at least for the most part and now it's being you know reduced due to you know players departing but at the end of it all um I I, I would say it's fair and it doesn't necessarily mean the Rams will finish third and I hope that they don't but until they prove otherwise, you you got to go with what you see in the offseason. These rankings mean nothing. Doesn't mean that's how it's going to happen. And hey, you know, it could go either way. Maybe they finish third. Maybe they finish first. Maybe they finish fourth. You never know. But in the meantime, we just got to, you know, we got to report what we see. We got to, you know, hopefully, you know, some of these. Draft prospects work out for us. It worked a little bit last year. So here's hoping it works out again. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and yeah, I think I think it's more than fair them being third. And like you said, I wouldn't be shocked if they finish at any position one through four, which is crazy. Like uh, the Cardinals, they, get, they certainly got better. I still don't believe in Cliff Kingsbury. Nope. Like, yeah, not not much. We'll see if I'm wrong, but they got a really. I I believe in Kyler Murray. 
I love watching him play. He looks so short out out there. It's insane, but he's a baller. And they got DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I'd love to see a That's picture of the two. In. What'd you say? That's who I believe in. Yeah, I want to see a picture of the two of them next to each other. <laughs> he towers them. <laughs> I love. I mean it in the most positive way. How much I love watching Kyler Murray play because of his height. He just like he shouldn't be playing quarterback, but he he's pretty damn good at it. And in the NFL, like he sticks out like a sore thumb. He wears number one. I feel like that makes him look shorter. Like if you wore like <laughs> sixteen, I don't think he'd look as short. But one one, he looks so funny out there. But he's good. Yeah, I, with uh, with him out there, it's amusing, but it's not that amusing when you're on the opposing end and he's balling out of control. Um, but I don't necessarily. I'm not as bit high on on Murray as you are. Um, but I I'm will not say like, this: I'm not like high to the moon on him, but I I think he was good last year, and I think he's gonna be at the worst a good quarterback. That's fair to say. I, I think I'm more confident in him now, though, with DeAndre Hopkins, who's arguably the best wide receiver in the league. That's, you know, that's insane to get. That that was easily one of the best one-sided trades I've ever seen in history, in all sports, really, because they literally gave up nothing. In fact, they solved so many problems with that trade, I I just it, it's it's baffling how that trade happened, and shame on the Texans for for letting that happen. Insane, insane. Why didn't Why didn't me wait? Why didn't we we make that trade with Todd Gurley? Probably wasn't on the <laughs> table for us, but like, why not? I'll give throw Brandon Cooks in there. Uh, oh jeez, like hypothetically. If this trade was on the table, like it never would have been, but if they were like Todd Gurley, maybe a third round pick and Cooper Cup, we give you DeAndre Hopkins. You got to give him a slight contract extension. Do you do it? Let's say hypothetically they eat all of Todd Gurley's money. Oh, in a heartbeat. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Uh, I'm on the same page. Yeah, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is clearly one of the best wide receivers in the league. You can honestly make an argument for him being the best, and it would be hard to say that you're wrong. You know, there's a few other guys out there that can make a case for it, but, man, Hopkins, I, I'm I'm going to say he is the best because what, what you see him doing, literally his biggest con – in my opinion, as a player, is injuries. That's it. And they're not even like it, huge injuries. No, no, they're they're not massive injuries. They're just you know he might miss a game or two here and there, and yeah, that that sucks here and there. But hey, you know for what he produces, this is a guy that as long as he's healthy will guarantee you a thousand yard season. That'll guarantee you at least you know, eight touchdowns, you know, this, this is one wide receiver that you make that effort to get. And the Cardinals got one hell of a player. Yeah. Even if it was the same exact trade, the Cardinals made, and we have to throw on Cooper cup, I'd still do it, which I think shows how insane it is that the Cardinals made this trade. Like it's, it's nuts. It's it's absolutely insane, or the the Texans. I mean, sorry, it's a great deal for the Cardinals. So I guess it's insane for them too, and it makes it all tougher for us. Hopefully, it leads to us being the first division to send four teams to the playoffs in 2021 when the Nickelodeon Wild Card Game airs. Did you did you hear about that? Yeah, I did. I I was. I was I was like, man, that came a little too late. But uh, hey, you know, with the division like the NFC West, this is definitely good news. Yeah, and and if you didn't hear, a there will be an additional team playing in 2021 in the playoffs in each conference, and B Nickelodeon will simulcast the additional game 
in a broadcast targeted to kids, which is pretty insane, but I love it. When I am, I will gladly tune into the Nickelodeon playoff game. Me too. <laughs> uh, in other news, Isaac Bruce selected former Rams executive Tony Wiley to be the guy who inducts him into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Johnny and I did not know who this guy is. I'm not going to be ashamed to say that. He left the Rams in 1997, and he was the assistant director of public relations with the Rams when they drafted Isaac Bruce. So that feels pretty insane that this is the guy he selected. The... um, the team's former like PR director who left the team in 1998. He wasn't even the PR director. He was an assistant. It's pretty uh, random. Maybe they're boys. They got to be boys, right? Like, I don't know how this is, this is his selection. He just, uh, he goes back into like old school phone book and he's like, you know what? Let's give this guy, you know, he, he was he, he was a good guy. Let, let's let's go with him. Nah, I mean, I think the I think there's so many personnel behind the scenes that don't get the credit they deserve, and I'm sure at some point these guys you know interact and uh, maybe they just had a really good relationship that isn't well documented until well now. So yeah i i it doesn't surprise me at all that neither you or i know who it is uh maybe some old fogies like uh like derek would know but i don't (laughs) even think derek i i don't think he would and i yeah like you said there's a lot of people behind the scenes that make things happen in the nfl in all businesses basically in all walks of life so good for them good for the the unknown guys getting a chance to um Getting a chance to to show out and and be noticed. <sighs> Woo! All right. Uh, I don't know what else we got, Johnny. The the Cowboys signed Alden Smith. Did you see that? I did. Uh, yay! Good luck. <laughs> Hasn't played in four years. Uh, pre- pretty wild. I did not expect to see him back in the NFL. Same team that signed Greg Hardy. So. For better or worse, they give second chances. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, man. I think. Look, if if he's good and clean, and truly a better purse person than he was when he had all these incidents happen a couple of years ago, welcome him back. Hope he does well. If if he's not a better person than them, you can go fuck off. Honestly, uh, but he's playing so. Here we are. Uh, we've been going uh, not too long, but I don't know. You got any, you got anything else? Any, anything anything we missed? No, I think uh, I think we covered it all. Happy to have Brockers back. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, we. I think that because it's kind of old news now, but uh, definitely give us a loaded defensive line. I think. Uh, that's when you you bring in uh you bring in Robinson and bring back Brockers and you already have Sebastian Joseph Day in addition to the best defensive player in football. You're you're in pretty good shape. You are absolutely in pretty good shape. Agreed. This also adds to the fact that we definitely could have kept Corey Littleton for fucking twelve million dollars a year. There's I was no doubt for it. There's no doubt we could have. It's insane. It's absolutely fucking insane. I don't even think they tried to bring him back. <laughs> I don't get it. I, I really don't. I was seriously waiting for, for you to bring up Corey Littleton. And uh, you're not wrong. You really aren't. We'll see. Th- these takes will either age well or age very poorly, depending on how Littleton does. But, like, Jesus, dude. They're paying all these... Nah, no offense to Brockers, I, I'm I'm very okay with having him back. Uh, in a vacuum, pleased about it. But we're dropping like $22 million combined or so on Whitworth and Brockers. We're bringing in 
Robinson. We're bringing in uh, Leonard Floyd. You could have kept the dude. You clearly could have kept him without taking a big cap hit. I I, I don't get it. I I don't get it, but it it is what it is. I don't think we had a bad offseason. This certainly makes it a lot better. Oh, and, and, and last thing, I guess we'll close with this. As I had predicted like two months ago, two and a half months ago, Greg Zerline signed with the Cowboys. Yeah, I think many of us saw that coming. And uh, but hey, at least now we can uh, we can afford to bring back Michael Brockers. <laughs> yeah, I, the the last time they did the Rams reported cap space, it was still like nineteen million, which doesn't feel accurate. Maybe Leonard Floyd wasn't factored in because he hasn't officially inked. Uh, I don't know. It's it's very bizarre where they keep pulling these cap space from. But I guess to eulogize, as I say, about when our players leave, Greg Zerline, maybe the best kicker in franchise history, a cemented himself as a Rams legend for that kick in the NFC Championship game, which was not an easy kick whatsoever. And... By this time next year, we all will have forgotten about his miss against Seattle. Yep. <laughs> I will miss him dearly. Before the Super Bowl last or when we were in it, I I purchased a Rams jersey with the Super Bowl logo on it with Greg Zerline because I was pumped about the NFC Championship. Little did I know how well that jersey would age as he was the only player on the team to score in the Super Bowl. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, uh, he'll be missed. Curious to see how they address the position. Pro- probably with a late-round pick in the draft, I would guess. I mean, there's kickers out there. One hates Steven Gutskowski. Just saying. I don't know. I don't. I don't have aggressive kicker takes here. I, I just I really hope that they don't go out and sign just like any old kicker. Like I'd hate to see Sam Ficken back. I was waiting or, for uh, it. Uh, who, who, damn, who was the Cowboys kicker's name again last year? I forget his name. Bill Bill Maher. There Brett, we go. Brett Maher. Bill Maher, the dude yeah. from HBO. Brett Brett Maher. <laughs> Bill Maher. <laughs> Can we get Bill Maher to come out and kick field goals? I don't want Bill Maher near the team. I I, I would love to see him kick field goals, though. <laughs> I have PFT commenters out there. Mr. 32 Yards. <laughs> oh, man. I, I can already see, like, the uh, upset people even mentioning Bill Maher. But, um, so... But yeah, let, let, let's keep Brett Maher away from the Rams. That that would be very much appreciated. <laughs> Look, man, I Bill Bill Maher is funny because, like, I feel like he's one of the most like unliked political talking heads. Like, people on his side of the aisle don't really care for him, and obviously, people on his, the opposite side of the aisle wouldn't care for him. Pretty pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to have a Bill. This is probably the last time I'll talk about Bill Maher for the next seven years. Yeah, uh, <laughs> probably for the best. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we're good to wrap up there. Johnny, I think next week it might be time to start talking about the draft. I- I'm actually looking forward to the draft. This is like literally the closest thing to sports that we're going to have for a long fucking time. And, you know, it's, it's just people walking on. I don't even know. Are they even walking on stage anymore? I don't think so. Um, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, if the green room is going to be open, but there's no crowd. I think initially that was what it was supposed to be. I don't even think they're doing that. So like, I don't know how entertaining it's going to be. But it's still kind of exciting just to see what teams do, not even just the Rams. Uh, seeing, like, you know, some of these other teams getting some gifted players. So 
uh, I'm I don't I know you're not really into the draft too much, but I, I'm I love the draft and this year especially just because of how depressing it is right now and how much I need sports in my life. I love the draft, man. I, I just don't love covering it because I don't watch a ton of college and as I'm always honest with everybody, if I don't know shit about a topic, I'm not gonna act like I do. So I love watching the draft, and I'll tune in this year. But we're going to get Johnny talking about the, talking about prospects, and we'll get people who know more than me to come on and talk about prospects too. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> WrestleMania's this weekend. They're doing it in front of an empty crowd. I was going to ask, like, how does that work? Like, how, how are they – have you watched any, like, wrestling lately? Like, are they – still performing in front of empty crowds i've watched bits of bits of it wwe and uh aw the, the new company yeah man they're performing in front of nobody uh the other company aw their first show they had other wrestlers in the crowd like but not obviously not a ton of them and they don't even do that anymore because i guess that was a, a health risk it's also crazy that they're wrestling because like you're sweating all over each other uh, so it's definitely risky, and I, I've read both companies aren't making people come in if they don't want to. You know, like if they're like, I don't feel comfortable, they're not going to hold it against him. But it's so weird, man. It's so weird watching wrestling without a crowd. Like, I kind of want to watch it now. It's it's definitely interesting to watch. Like, definitely look up the uh, – or I'll send it to you later for anyone listening. This, the Stone Cold segment from a couple weeks ago. Because they, they had Stone Cold booked for a show that got canceled, but they're still going to pay him. So he came like Stone Cold, for anyone who has a remote knowledge of wrestling, you hear Stone Cold's theme hit. It is one of the loudest sounds on earth, the crowd yelling. So hearing that hit in an empty arena was wild. It was so strange. And yeah, they're doing a WrestleMania, their biggest show. A bunch of talents dropped out. There was nothing they could do about it. They're still doing it at their empty arena. So it, it'll be it'll be very interesting, man. I'm I'm very curious about it. It's it's great. And and anyone who like is interesting in the in wrestling and hasn't caught any of this, just look up some clips from the last couple of weeks. It's so weird. Uh but like the the promos have been like for those not in the know when wrestlers come out and basically give Shakespeare monologues because it's a soap opera where they hit each other. <laughs> the promos have been awesome without the crowd. The matches don't don't work as well without a crowd. That's for sure. So what you're saying is it you, you'd rather just see a novella for uh for for wrestlers. Wrestling base saying. wrestling at its best is basically a novella with stunt with people doing their own stunts uh it if you're looking at wrestling as a sport you're looking at it the wrong way it's awesome seeing people do flips and shit but it's and it's it's great like yeah it's entertainment and the best matches tell great stories you know like the best football game i've watched in the last couple years was rams chiefs the story was that it was the two best teams in the league going at it. It's not like, like there were like they weren't like doing callbacks to previous games. They're not like, <laughs> like I don't know, like Samson Ibukam's not dropping from the top rope onto Pat Mahomes uh, doing like a three fifty awesome. flip. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 entertainment. It's not a sport. Yeah, but it's awesome. I love it. And it's very fucking weird without a crowd. And all you wrestlers that are out there listening, because we know all the WWE wrestlers listen to our podcast. Uh, Steve's address is the following. <laughs> There's a lot of former <laughs> uh, former NFL players that wrestle. Goldberg. That's... Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Gronk just signed. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's like the worst example. <laughs> Hey, he was a Viking for like a game. If you're really bored during this time, just go watch Brock Lesnar Vikings highlights because 
<laughs> One thing maybe weirder than watching wrestling without a crowd is watching Brock Lesnar play in the NFL. Yeah, definitely not cut out for football. And it is crazy that, like, we're veering off. Let's veer off more. Like, Brock Lesnar got a NFL tryout in real preseason games. Like, he was on televised broadcast playing in the NFL just off of being, like, a crazy crazy professional wrestler. Like, Like, seriously, like, how much money do you think if LeBron James in, say, like, 2009 when he was when he was young and at like the peak of his athleticism like how much like he would have gotten a huge contract if he was just like i'm gonna go play football like if brock lesnar got a fucking tryout like they lebron would have gotten like a real guaranteed contract i feel like oh no question you know i I think there'd be a lot of teams out there interested yeah there's no doubt in my mind he could have been a good nfl receiver tight end tight end yeah there's 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 certainly i would say a decent uh, i i guess like if you were to say right now if one player went from the nba to pro football and would have the best chance of succeeding i don't even think there's another answer than zion right that dude is a fucking tank yeah, that that's... guy at tight end would be an all pro in a couple of years. I have no doubts about it. No question at all. Dude <laughs> has everything you really need in a tight end. He if if he played like if he just entered the NFL draft, I legitimately think he would be a first round pick, maybe like a top 15 pick. It's entirely possible. Uh, you would be strictly a receiver, I imagine, but still, um, all the tools of a major pass grabbing tight end. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, he, yeah, he's jump high, he's fast, and he's like he's one of the few guys who I would say is is big enough to like play. I I don't know if he could play in the NFL right now because he's 19, but like play at Alabama like tomorrow. Like he's most Damn. guys are a little too lanky that have the athleticism to do it. <laughs> okay, this is complete nonsense, Johnny. I'm gonna end the podcast. This is uh this is the stuff everyone comes to uh, butting heads to listen to. Let's talk about wrestling. Come back for the draft coverage next week. Stay for this. What's up, we'll talk to you guys then. Finally got that cat I've been talking about, but I never had one before. Any tips? drama. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rivals. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action! Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my goodness! Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. 
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.